the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Studios. This is AM 1280. The Patriot. WWTC. Minneapolis. St. Paul. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. The U.S. sent two supersonic bombers over the Korean Peninsula in a show of force against North Korea following the country's latest missile test. The B-1 bombers were escorted by South Korean fighter jets as they performed a low passover at an air base in South Korea before returning to Guam. Britain's Brexit minister says progress has been made in talks on the rights of citizens living in each other's nations once the country leaves the EU. Despite the progress, David Davis says disagreement remains over the role of the European Court of Justice. The EU wants the court to be the final arbiter on many issues after a Brexit agreement, something Britain rejects. Davis says his government wants a quick deal on the rights of British citizens living in the EU and EU citizens living in Britain, quote, to give them some certainty in the future. Jeremy House reporting. So how secure are our voting machines? Not very, if you believe what happened in Las Vegas this week. Hackers attack. The world is a dangerous place, sometimes even an ugly place. You come here to help make sense of it all. Our hosts help you understand what all the news means and what to think of it. But we have to be honest. We don't have all the answers. For the rest of the answers, we advise you to visit our partner station. Frankly, they have a better handle on this battle. They even know who the winner will be. AM 1280, The Patriot, starts it all. AM 980, The Mission, ends it all. One goes with the other. AM 1280 The Patriot. I'm Josh Wolf From the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing Weather Center, today sunny and 83. Tomorrow looks about the same 84 and sunny. Tuesday, a slight chance of showers, high near 85. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher in an unforgettable trip to Israel departing in October of this year. Our Stand With Israel tour is an inspiring and educational nine-day journey. For details, visit am1280thepatriot.com, keyword Israel. for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the program we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the broadcast today. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls. It's 651 289 4488. You can also text your comments or questions at 651-243-0390. And you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, that's hashtag N-A-R-N, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate the support over these uh, 13 and a half years, I guess, where uh, the Northern Alliance Radio Network continues to dominate political talk on the weekends. And uh, I feel like I was just here like 24 hours ago. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I was here 24 hours ago. Uh, my friend and uh, colleague Mitch Berg was uh, on a uh, on a vacation, and it was truly a rare and well-deserved break. Uh, Mitch doesn't take a lot of Saturdays off of the show, that is for certain. Uh, he, uh, It's a, been a handful of shows in the 13 and a half years that Mitch has been on the Northern Alliance uh, but I chatted with Mitch a little bit via text message about an hour ago or so, and he's back safe and sound and uh, uh, ready to be back on Saturday uh, for the uh, for the uh, you loyal Narn listeners. We, we know you always appreciate Mitch's insights, as I do, so uh, looking forward to uh, hearing him back on the air. But it was fun to fill in uh, yesterday. I have to I have to admit it. It, it was a challenge. I'll, I'll, I'll say that, too, because I, too, was on vacation, We, my wife and I, and uh, drove my mother-in-law to see her family in Ohio. 
and obviously it's my wife's family too. And we had a great uh, vacation where we got we left on uh, Friday night, stayed over uh, halfway about Chicago, and then drove the rest away Saturday morning, and stayed until Thursday night when we started uh, two day jaunt home, and got home Friday afternoon. And uh, I hadn't followed a whole lot of news this past week. So it was kind of a challenge, you know, what could I come up with uh, yesterday? But thankfully, there was so much news going on. You couldn't help uh, but but notice it, especially when you scroll through Twitter as much as I can. So I was able to glean what was going on and spent the first hour basically on the GOP failure on health care uh, this past week. And then the second hour, uh, my good friends Jeff Kolb and Nancy LaRoche joined me, and we talked Minnesota politics. So uh, we we put together we cobbled together a two hour show yesterday, so now I only have an hour, and uh, we'll wrap up the weekend uh, with some more. Excuse me, news of this past week. Uh, I in promoting the show today, you know, I always put on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, and if you're not following the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, well, why the heck not? Uh, get on that. Uh, it is out there, and we all it it is always updating with what our show content will be, and. I, in promoting today's show, I put out there that uh, thus far, uh, Donald Trump of the past two years, because remember, he declared in the summer of 2015 that he was going to run for president. So uh, Donald, uh, Donald Trump has pretty much been in the national consciousness, consciousness even more so uh, the past couple of years than he was, you know, in, in years previous. And, and Donald Trump was a household name, let's be honest. He has been a household name for you know, 30 years for many people. I remember him back in the USFL days. But I wrote that uh, Trump of the past two years resembles Trump's business career. And I'm going to kind of lay the groundwork on why I believe that and then kind of uh, relate it to a story from this past week. Trump obviously has been well known for his uh, real estate dealings, his business dealings throughout the 80s and 90s and acquiring some of the most high-profile properties and doing so, uh, some would say, at, at bargain basement prices, uh, some savvy financing, whatever. I mean, you just uh, you go down the list. In fact, what, what triggered me to think about this was uh, when we were, my wife and I were visiting our, our, our her relatives in Ohio, there was one morning I got up and her, her relatives, her aunt and uncles, whose house we were staying at, they had the History Channel on, and it was doing. It was a documentary on Donald Trump talking about his life growing up, and then a biz, being a businessman, and then leading to his candidacy for president. And they talked about obviously his business career, high profile business career. Like in 1983, Trump completed development of Trump Tower, which is a 58 story skyscraper in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, the project involved complicated negotiations with different parties for the. Uh, uh, for the Bonwit Teller building, the land, and the airspace of the neighboring building. When negotiations were completed, the Times wrote that Mr. Trump was able to obtain the location is testimony to his persistence and to his skills as negotiator. There was also the uh, uh, his expansion into Atlantic City. Now, Atlantic City, from what I understand, the late 70s into the 80s, if you were driving through Atlantic City, you prayed to God that there was not a red light. Because if you stopped at a red light, uh, you feared for your for your safety, your well being. This is what I understand. I I don't. I've never been to Atlantic City, so I wouldn't know. But this is how it was conveyed in this History Channel special. Well, uh, Harrah's at Trump Plaza opened in Atlantic City in 1984. This uh, hotel casino was built by Trump with financing by uh, Holiday Corp. Uh, Trump also acquired a partially completed building in Atlantic City from the Hilton Corporation for $320 million. When completed in 1985, the hotel casino became Trump Castle. Uh, around that time, Trump all acquired the Mar-a-Lago State in Palm Beach in 85, 1985 for about $5 million bucks plus $3 million for the home's furnishing. Uh, at the same time, he acquired a condominium complex in West Palm Beach with Lee Iacolca that became uh, Trump Plaza of Palm Beaches. And they talked about where he uh, where, where he took over the repairs on the Woolman Rink in Central Park, you know, the world-famous ice skating rink. It was built in 55. It was started in 1980 by a general contractor unconnected to Trump with an expected two-and-a-half-year construction schedule, but were not completed by 1986. Trump took over the project, completed it in three months for $1.95 million, which was $750,000 less than the initial budget, and then operated the rink for one year with all profits going to charity 
in exchange for the rink's uh, concession rights. And then Trump acquired the uh, Plaza Hotel in Manhattan in 1988, paid $400 million. Later in 1988, he acquired the Taj Mahal Casino in Atlantic City. As, and it goes on and on and on. All these savvy deals he's made, and it led to him eventually writing his book, The Art of the Deal, because people respected his negotiating process, his dealing process, and how he was able to acquire these properties. And basically, before he was 40 years old, was worth uh, tens of millions of dollars, maybe half a billion dollars. Okay, when Trump was 40, that was about the mid-80s, or early 80s before he turned 40 years old. He was worth millions upon millions of dollars. And, you know, I'm 48 years old, and I can't fathom having that much money, you know, 10 years ago when I was that age. Okay, so people obviously said, you know, whatever you think about the guy, uh, he's built himself up quite a nice uh, portfolio. And so, therefore, his book, The Art of the Deal, he wrote, and, and people devoured it. And then there's been the issues with bankruptcy. Although Trump never filed for personal bankruptcy, his hotel and casino businesses have declared bankruptcy six times between 1991 and 2009 due to its inability to meet required payments and to renegotiate debt with banks, owners of stock and bonds, and various small businesses, unsecured creditors. Because the businesses used Chapter 11 bankruptcy, they were allowed to operate while negotiations proceeded. Uh, Trump was quoted by Newsweek in 2011 saying, I do play with the bankruptcy laws. They're very good for me. And, of course, that was one of his famous debate lines, too. It's like, look, these laws aren't very good. I get that, but I play within the rules. And so I'm here to change these rules, even though I have benefited greatly from these rules. What's my point in bringing all this up? This is old news. This is ancient history. We don't need a biography on on, on the current president. What what What's this all about, you may be asking? As I said at the outset, Trump's business career, you could argue, mirrors what he has done the past two years in, run, in declaring he was running for president two years ago and then ultimately was elected uh, in November of 2016 and now is six months into his presidency. And that is, quite simply, he's a master at being able to complete a deal, to negotiate a deal, hence his campaigning. I mean, you you wonder how he, you you couldn't understand how he could pull it off. And people like me said, there's no way he's going to pull this off. Well, even though he's a Republican nominee, he's going to get shellacked in the general election because, you know, of this October surprise that came out and and everything else. He doesn't have general mainstream appeal. Uh, There's no way he's going to be elected president. Yet despite everything, he managed to tap into something that got enough support to put him over the finish line and become elected president. And it's the same with his businesses, his hotel expansion, uh, his purchases of properties, and what have you, becoming a casino mogul. He does a great job in acquiring these things. But then when it comes to managing it, manage what he's acquired, eh, not so much. Whether it be businesses where he's had to file bank for bankruptcy six times in less than 20 years. And you could parallel that to this president. Somehow, some way, he managed to get elected. You know, despite people doubting him, he, somehow, some way, he managed to, to get elected. But now that he's in this position, the management skills, eh, they're left wanting. What specifically I'm referring to? Well, it was the policy from this past week that he announced, of course, via Twitter. This would have been, just see, July 26th is the date of these tweets. So this would have been Wednesday, Wednesday morning. After consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised that the United States government will not allow or will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Thank you. Now, the first thing people think when you read that is like here we have a sitting president essentially discriminating against a group of americans whatever you think about the transgender lifestyle whatever you think about uh the the studies behind it and and the vulnerabilities that these people have this idea that you're going to discriminate against a group of individuals who would be willing to stand up 
and take a bullet for this country and fight for this country uh, seems a little bit counterproductive. And David French, who's had several, uh, who's had multiple tours in Iraq, writes for National Review, says overall, you know, he agrees with the Trump policy, but it's the way Trump conveys it that le- leaves a lot to be desired. And that's where I make the parallel. He does a great job in actually getting into to a position to have this prestige, whether it was in his real estate holdings or a casino mogul, and now as president, he gets in the position of this high-profile uh, prestige position, if you will. But then when he's actually there, the management of it eh, leaves a lot to be desired. Okay, Hence the White House in chaos. That's a whole other story entirely. But I'll read a quick excerpt from David French's uh, piece at National Review. Transgender Americans, though undoubtedly as patriotic as any other Americans, are disproportionately likely to suffer from mental illness, are more prone to attempt suicide, abuse alcohol and drugs at higher rate, and often require extensive medical care and comprehensive medical intervention during and after their quote-unquote transitions. An infantry soldier, for example, could be sidelined for weeks as he purports to transition from male to female, taking hormones that could make him physically weaker and undergoing painful debilitating surgery that would prevent him from serving in the field and training with his unit for long periods of time. This is not a formula this is not a formula for successful military service. And while there are certainly extraordinary individuals who are able to serve effectively, that is no argument for opening service to a group that would collectively degrade military readiness. So David French's point is, yeah, overall this may be good policy, but the way Trump approaches it, the way he conveys it, in the atmosphere in which he conveys it, uh, is going to undermine his own policy. I mean, for crying out loud, he made this announcement while the defense secretary, the highly respected General James Mattis, was on vacation. Wouldn't you want to wait and release a very comprehensive and detailed statement as to why this move is being made instead of saying, hey, we're not going to allow transgenders to serve in the military. Thanks. Thanks for reading. I mean, that just smacks of discrimination against an entire group. Many of whom, like you know, a number of these people, I don't know what percentage of it, but would be willing to serve in this country and take a bullet for this country. Okay, but as with anything, as with any group of people, any individual, this should be a case by case basis, All right? Not just a a broad brush uh, banning of of transgender in the military, but. You know, as someone else made the point, while transgender may be mainstream in, in regular society, the military is a whole different animal. And we have to, uh, while we can certainly transition to allowing transgenders to serve in the military, to, to just, just inject that social experiment directly without having the chance to study it or even decide if it's a good idea by those who, well, I don't know, have actually served in combat, uh, President Obama recklessly just declared, yeah, they're, they're, they're okay to serve. And then President Trump just as inartfully uh, undid it. So uh, this, again, tweets aren't policy. This still isn't official policy yet. This is going to be crafted by the Defense Department and probably the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But, again, this is just another example while Trump is in that position of prestige and is able to acquire a power position, uh, his management, um, yeah, definitely needs a lot of work. And we're six months in, and as the president said during the campaign, one of these days he's going to become so presidential we're not going to recognize him. We're six months in. I'm still waiting for that uh, presidential pivot, I guess you could say. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can text your comments or questions to 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter on hashtag NARN. That's hashtag N-A-R-N. It is me, Brad Carlson, The Closer, back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. If you're a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may leave harmful bacteria, viruses, and mold that can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Until now, SoClean.com is the world's first and only automated, hands-free CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. SoClean kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs without soap, water, harsh chemicals, or even equipment disassembly. And now, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean's revolutionary design makes it easy to clean your CPAP and protect you against CPAP-related illnesses. Plus, SoClean works with all popular CPAP devices to clean them in minutes. It really is that easy. Don't risk your health. 
Call SoClean.com now to try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. This offer won't last. Call now. 800-953-4545. 800-953-4545. Two little tablets is all it takes to make your thin hair feel and look thicker and fuller. Guaranteed. Viviscal is the number one drug-free hair growth supplement in the U.S., with one box being sold every minute globally. It's clinically researched to promote existing hair growth for men and women. And now, a 90-day supply of Viviscal is being offered in your area risk-free, plus free shipping when you text the word GROW to 246810. Viviscal nourishes thinning hair from within. You'll love your hair growth results guaranteed. Viviscal is so effective, it's recommended by top doctors. Here's Dr. John Laura. As a dermatologist, I feel confident recommending Viviscal. It's backed by 25 years of research and multiple clinical studies that demonstrate Viviscal's effectiveness in promoting the growth of thicker, fuller hair. Want to try Viviscal? Every listener that texts the word GROW to 246810 gets a 90-day risk-free supply with free shipping. Text GROW to 246810. That's GROW to 246810. When you have sleep apnea, Traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-915-9272. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-9272. Again, that's 1-800-915-9272. Hey, welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Again, check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And here to take your phone call six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag Narn. That's hashtag N A R N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. One of the uh, more disturbing aspects of this current political climate is particularly the left's uh, mission to silence any conservative speech. I mean, they're not even pretending anymore that they want to engage in the arena of ideas and talk about ideology, you know, leftist ideology versus right of center ideology. They just want to silence all right of center ideology. It must be squelched. I mean, you know, you need to look no further than than some of these uh, left groups like Antifa or by any means necessary or Black Lives Matter that look to suppress conservative speech. I mean, it's 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 rampant on on college campuses. I mean, there are there are some conservative speakers, far right uh, speakers with whom I don't agree, wouldn't pay a dime to go see, wouldn't walk in into the arena and listen to them for free. There's obviously there are several prominent conservative speakers who I would listen to and gladly listen to, and there are others who I wouldn't. But again, that's my choice. All right, and denying the people, denying people an opportunity to hear somebody speak, uh, that's not that's not good for discourse. And again, the left isn't. It's getting to the point where they're not really interested in discourse. All right, this is this is settled. And, and uh, Guy Benson and Mary Catherine Hamm wrote a brilliant book just a couple, three years ago uh, entitled End of Discussion, which I believe is coming out in paperback in a couple of weeks, uh, talking about that very thing where the left is, they called it a couple, three years ago, even before Donald Trump was elected, the left is attempting to squelch right of center speech. And that should be rightly called out. But what disturbs me is that people on our side of the aisle, right of center, in a recent survey conducted by YouGov, again, check out their website, YouGov.com, talking about how there is a plurality of Republicans who think courts should be able to shut down media that's biased or inaccurate. Um, 
me being right of center, I'm not I'm not down with that. I'm just going to tell you right now. Alapundit uh, at hotair.com talked about this a uh, little bit uh, of the Republicans surveyed in this sur- in in this particular poll question. Forty five percent believe that courts should be able to shut down media that's biased and inaccurate, whereas twenty percent oppose that, and thirty five percent say they haven't heard enough to say. That's disturbing to me. Now, that's not a majority of Republicans. That's a plurality of Republicans. Okay, not a majority. Okay, majority, of course, 50% plus one. Uh, but as Alapundit says, and I'll read an excerpt from his piece, uh, 45 to 20, that's tantalizingly close to a clear majority for torching the First Amendment. Yeah, because nothing says small government like telling judges to close down newspapers for having too much of a point of view. Republicans aren't the only subgroup with a plurality in favor, but the others that have one, whites, conservatives, a 65-plus group, are all key components of the GOP base. That's the best spin you can put on this, and best is a very relative term here. These numbers are to the same, some extent, surely just a knee-jerk reaction among Trump supporters to the mountains of unflattering coverage he's got over the past six months. Much of it justified, some of it not. It's a middle finger to the media, maybe with not much thought about it beyond that. Hopefully, if the feds make a, made a serious move towards closing down opposition press and Americans were faced with this policy as a reality, Republican opinion would quit quickly erode. I don't know, though. Maybe the logical next step in the GOP's transition from conservatism to the national front, replete with state-run media, is to start licensing Lugan Press. So, uh this 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 bothers me because again i don't want government acting on my on, on my behalf of something that makes me uncomfortable and in this case it's specifically referring to media that's biased or inaccurate okay there is plenty of opportunities to combat that i mean you need to look no further than here at the northern alliance radio network back during the 2004 Re-election campaign when George W. Bush was running for re-election and 60 Minutes 2, not not 60 Minutes, the big show, but six, they had a, a week midweek program called 60 Minutes 2 where they were showing, they produced some memos showing that George W. Bush really didn't serve in the National Guard like he had indicated. Well, the guys at Powerline, John Hinderocker and Scott Johnson, noted the, these documents didn't look like something that would have been printed back in the early 1970s, late 60s early 1970s, you know, with the fonts and whatnot. And it turned out the documents were forged. And, of course, that's when Dan Rather, who was part of 60 Minutes 2, said, well, the documents may be fake, but they're accurate. Basically, they busted the media for, you know, this was the first real example of fake news, where they forged documents in order to make George, put George W. Bush in an unflattering light. My point is, is that there are plenty of right-of-center bloggers, uh, folks out there on Twitter, Facebook, who have access to media clips and can call out people when they're too biased or perhaps even inaccurate. I mean, we need to look no further than CNN. Basically, three people in the news division resigned because they used a single uh, sketchy source uh, about the Trump-Russia connection. And I think it involved Anthony Scaramucci, if I'm not mistaken, about some sort of fi- about some sort of financing between the Trump campaign and Russia. It turned out to be a completely bogus story that was used that that was gained from one sketchy source. And three people at CNN resigned over that, and they ended up having to issue a retraction and an apology. Okay? So if if there is that kind of bias and inaccuracy, then we as conservatives need, need to be diligent in, for lack of a better word, policing it, because there's plenty of resources available to call them out on it. Okay, they can't get away with it anymore. They don't have a monopoly on it anymore. Yeah, I know CNN, whenever they have a panel, they basically bring on four panelists. All of them are anti-Trump. Yeah, I know it's biased. But guess what? That is part of the arsenal we can use, is to say that these networks do not offer any diversity of opinion. Because I'll tell you this, I don't watch news shows if every single person on the panel has my point of view. Now, as a talk radio host, it behooves me to seek out opinions with which I disagree. Because there is a chance I could be enlightened, but guess what? If I if I still vehemently disagree with it, it makes for good show fodder, and I can point it out. So uh, for all of us on the on right of center who are rightly pointing out 
that the left is actively suppressing right of center speech, particularly the factions, the extreme factions like Antifa and by all means necessary. Okay, we need to be just as concerned, if not more concerned and more diligent over kind of uh, appealing to our own side. Hey, we don't want to squelch free speech on either side. Okay, that that this is not this is not what this is about. So, um, again, this is disturbing, but like Ala Pundit says, I, I can only hope that they just have uh, biased media outlets uh, in mind for uh, calling them on their inaccuracies, much less in uh, having courts invoke fines. Uh, that's not the way to go here. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. beautiful. I'm Madison Reed, and my mom named her revolutionary hair color company after me. My mom taught me that women can do anything they set their mind to. Hi, I'm Madison's mom, Amy Errett. I founded Madison Reed with the idea to create luxurious, ammonia-free, salon-quality at-home hair color that saves women time and money. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, multi-dimensional, shiny hair. I'm proud to say Madison Reed is a female-led company. From our chief marketing officer to our master colorist, we are all women and top experts in our field. Founded in love, we are a hair color company led by women, made for women. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code GRATEFUL. That's code GRATEFUL. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. Bingo. Don't miss Sandvold Financial Group's Money Talks radio show here every Sunday morning at 9. Sandvold Financial Group is independent of Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC, and Questar Asset Management. Get to Lumber Liquidator's Summer Splash Flooring Sale for the best deals on the best selection of woodlook waterproof floors and more. Choose from more than 40 varieties of vinyl plank up to 45% off. Get 20% off Avella Woodlook Tile Packages and all water-resistant Dream Home X2O Laminate is on sale. Plus, get pre-finished hardwood on sale from $149. Like Bellawood Select Maple, it's 30% off. More from $0.49 cents and special financing. Hurry, get to the summer splash flooring sale today. If you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck, listen up. This is Preston Neely, and I'm about to blow your mind. You want to know the big difference between you and the rich? It's not your job. It's not your skills. It's not your education. Here's the truth. Rich people make money in real estate, and it's not rocket science. Let me prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. Just call 1-800-973-9246. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity shut off nine times, but I figured out a simple way to make money in real estate that doesn't require any cash, credit, or even manual labor. Now I'm living the dream and I can show you how. Listen, here's the other thing about rich people. They don't pass up the deal of a lifetime and neither should you. My book sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies now. Call right now to find out how to get your free copy while this offer lasts. Call 1-800-973-9246. That's 1-800-973-9246. 1-800-973-9246. Benjamin Franklin Plumbing is celebrating seniors and their contribution to our community. Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber, is offering all seniors 20% off their plumbing services every Wednesday. Call Ben Franklin, the punctual plumber, 877-BEN-1776. There we go. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's The King Banyan Show every Saturday from 9 to 11. And uh, next Saturday being Jobs Saturday. This Yesterday was uh, GDP Saturday. Next Saturday, Job Saturday. So tune into the King Bannon Show for that. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg will be back in the Patriot Bunker next Saturday for the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance, usually heard from 1 to 3 p.m. on these very airwaves. And it's me, Brad Carlson, the closer, heard every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on AM 1280, the Patriot. Again, we are 13 and a half years into our thorough domination of weekend political talk here in the Twin Cities. And as always... We appreciate you, the listeners, who make that possible. And it's hard to believe coming up in uh, four weeks, 
Four weeks from today will be my first State Fair broadcast of the year. Hard to believe that's around the corner, but uh, I saw our official AM 1280, the Patriot vehicle, getting ready to uh, uh, move some of the uh, our merchandise over to the State Fairgrounds. And, of course, our State Fair shelters are uh, here on site. So, yeah, getting ready to... Uh, get that going here pretty soon so it's it's always a fun time because i look forward to uh, seeing you the listeners more than anything uh as you as you folks know if you've listened to the show you know that i'm a, a big sports fan in addition to talking a lot of politics and there was an interesting story at espn.com this past week uh, darren Ravel, who was an espn senior writer uh put out a story whose headline obviously caught my attention and it said anthem protests led to poll of reason uh, lead poll of reasons viewers tuned out. Again, this is from Darren Ravel at ESPN.com. Uh, national anthem protests were the top reason that NFL fans watched fewer games last season, according to a new survey released by J.D. Power. The pollster said it asked more than 9,200 people who attended either one football, basketball, or hockey game whether they tuned in to fewer games and why. 26% of those who watched fewer games last season said that the national anthem protests, some of which were led by Colin Kaepernick, were the reason. After that, 24% of those surveyed said they watched fewer games, said they did so either because of the league's off-the-field image issues with domestic violence or with game delays, including penalties. One in five, which is 20%, listed excessive commercials and advertising as a reason, something the NFL is seeking to address by moving around traditional ad blocks. 16% said it was because of their interest being replaced by the 2016 presidential election coverage. 5% said they watched fewer games because they got rid of cable. J.D. Power noted that only 12% of the fans it surveyed said they watched fewer NFL games last season, with 27% of people saying they watched more and 62% saying they watched just as much as they had the season before. Uh, the NFL did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So for those of uh, now, first and foremost, I I'm I'm a big football fan. There isn't a whole lot that uh, is going to you know get me to tune out. Although you know I do have some concerns with the game. Obviously, there's some issues that I have with the uh, you know with the uh, league itself and how it handles uh, retired players with CTE how it has handled some of the domestic violence issues, how it's met out suspensions, that sort of thing. But uh, Ed Morrissey, our former Northern Alliance Radio Network colleague, uh, at, basically broke down the numbers. Uh, he said, and here's how he broke it down. This is a, from a piece that Ed uh, put together at hotair.com this past week. He points out twice as many people in the survey watched more football than those who watched less. Given that less than a quarter of the 12% who watched less cited the protest, the conclusion would be that it didn't really impact net viewership, although it might have created some opportunity costs. However, even that statistic has a couple of problems. Ravel points out that the ratings last year fell off dramatically in the first half of the 2016 season compared to 2015, averaging 14% fewer viewers. The second half of the season improved to near parity with the previous season only off 1%. That doesn't square with the idea that twice as many people watch more football than those who watched less. For whatever reason, viewers watched a lot a lot less football overall. So what's the truth here? Selection bias may be the culprit here. The J.D. Power survey included only those who attended a major sporting event last year, a subset of overall TV viewers that has its own bias. Those who buy tickets to sporting events have a greater emotional investment in the product. So it's not surprising that they watched more rather than less. The difference in viewership probably came from more casually engaged viewers, a population that matters to the NFL for future growth. A better survey would sample a larger number of American adults, determine which had ever watched the NFL before 2016, and which among those watched less football and why. Besides, even if the results uh, on reasons turned out the same in the broader survey, the protest still only represented a, a relatively small part of the problem. 16% of the J.D. Power sample said the presidential election distracted them from the games, which won't be a problem in 2017. And another, 27, or another 20% said the lengthy commercial breaks drove them away, which the league has already started addressing. 
That outstrips those who walked away over the protests and with those becoming passe now. The NFL should see a rebound in 2017. Uh, I, you know, again, it's hard for me to really dig into these numbers that thoroughly as Ed did. So Ed did a great job in, in, in breaking them down for us. Because like I say, there isn't a whole lot that could get me to not watch football, though I, I've kind of become soured by the game a little bit because, you know, they, they, they also mentioned that people tuned away because the NFL's uh, handling of domestic vi- of players with domestic violence issues or, you know, domestic violence issues in and of itself. They didn't feel they want to indulge in a product that has, you know, players that have those particular issues. Now, an interesting survey would be what percentage of players – uh, have violence, uh, domestic violence issues as compared with society as a whole. That would be an interesting study to do, but that's a different narrative entirely. But I, I do say that uh, the national anthem protests and players getting involved in, in, their, in their social justice advocacy, there are ways to effectively tune that out. Uh, what I like is NFL Red Zone. NFL Red Zone is on NFL Network. And it basically goes to each game live as they get in the red zone. And if there are no games that are in the red zone, then they'll just stay on any random game, and you can tune into that. So there really isn't that issue. They focus solely on the football aspect, and there's no commercials in that whatsoever. So I think a lot of people, when they look to, you know, they, they it just viewership has changed. I mean, now people are cutting cutting the cord altogether, and you can access NFL games on the Internet, which uh, – now, Brandon, you probably know this better than I. There, there aren't commercials on the Internet when they do Internet broadcasts, are there? Uh, last year they started broadcasting some of the Thursday night games on Twitter. Yeah, and so I know when they got the TV broadcasts, they'd play something, obviously, because okay. it's, it's just the TV feeds. Sure, sure. But if – if what they say is true and they're reducing television commercials, you would assume that the internet commercials would also go down. Okay. Okay. I wasn't, like I say, I, I still watch old-fashioned TV, although I watch via NFL Network, um, except obviously if the Vikings are playing, you know, I may sit and watch that game because I have a vested interest. But otherwise, uh, I'll, just, I'll just watch NFL Network and they go to each game live. And, and they, you know, they don't want to get caught up in any of that controversy. So if there's any you know, sidebars, social justice issues that typically go away from it. Although I do remember Scott Hansen, who hosts NFL Red Zone. He showed a clip of Colin Kaepernick uh, running for a first down. He says, hey, there goes Colin Kaepernick, not at all weighted down by that I voted sticker, and he runs for the first down. <laughs> because that was kind of a shot at Kaepernick because he admitted he didn't vote, so therefore he wouldn't get those one of those I voted stickers, which I thought was a pretty good line. So <clears throat> anyways, I digress. I don't think it's a simple as saying people are tuning out because they're sick of the social justice warriors. I know there were some conservative outlets uh, online that uh, were cackling with glee over that. And again, it's it's more nuanced than that, kind of like ESPN and the, and the massive layoffs they had. It was much more nuanced than that when the people are tuning out because ESPN kind of delves into a lot of left-wing social issues. Uh, it's, 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 it's far more in-depth than, than just that. So uh, again, I'm still a football fan. I, I, I'm not – I don't pig pile on Kaepernick as much as some of maybe my fellow conservatives might because they because they feel he takes an unpatriotic stance. As a matter of fact, I, I enjoy it because I get to mo- openly mock Kaepernick because he talks about the uh, America being an oppressive society while he's wearing a Fidel Castro T-shirt, okay? So he can be openly mocked as a result. So I, I, I kind of actually enjoy it, to be honest with you. It's kind of, you know, call it sport, call it whatever you want, but – that's that's kind of how I approach it, and it gives me plenty of fodder to talk about here in the radio show because I am a sports fan, and obviously I talk about politics and social issues and whatnot. So, uh, but th- this is going to be interesting to see too because there was obviously a lot of news surrounding the 2016 presidential election. As a matter of fact, didn't weren't one of the Trump Clinton debates during Sunday Night Football, if I remember right? So they would have these debates at this weird time in prime time where. Viewers may have had their attention elsewhere. And it seemed to me there was one debate during Sunday Night Football. I'm not 100% sure on that, but for some reason that sounds familiar. So the point is is that since there is no uh, big election issue in 2017, you know, people will be less distracted by that. Unless, of course, you know, there's news coming out of the White House in a much bigger fashion, which is certainly possible with this president, I guess. 
But uh, like I said, I, I don't think that uh, the league is, is taking that big a hit. But Ed does have a point in his in, in his piece that uh, a, a, a better, more effective survey would be sample a large number of American adults uh, to determine which had ever watched football before 2016 and which among those watch less football and why. Because obviously the casual observers, those who maybe tune in once in a while, those are the people the NFL is going to try to nail down and needs to nail down to keep their uh, their product popular. I mean, it, it's popular. It's kind of like a cash cow, but you never want to you never want to maintain the status quo. You always want to look to uh, to innovate. So, uh, interesting survey. Again, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as clear cut as like, well, there it is. There's evidence that people are getting tired of being preached to by NFL players regarding social issues. Again, some might be, but I don't think it hardly represents an overall uh, majority. That is for certain. One final segment coming up here on AM twelve eighty, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. If you're a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may leave harmful bacteria, viruses, and mold that can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Until now, SoClean.com is the world's first and only automated, hands-free CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. SoClean kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs without soap, water, harsh chemicals, or even equipment disassembly. And now, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean's revolutionary design makes it easy to clean your CPAP and protect you against CPAP-related illnesses. Plus, SoClean works with all popular CPAP devices to clean them in minutes. It really is that easy. Don't risk your health. Call SoClean.com now to try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-953-4545. This offer won't last. Call now. 800-953-4545. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets, and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Weston Edina Galleria, September 15th and 16th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Welcome back, Cam Twelve Eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with one final segment on the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning into the show today. Again, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. As I was uh, out last Sunday, but I'm back uh, today. And uh, Mitch Berg, who was out yesterday, uh, Mitch will be back this uh, Saturday. What's that date? August 5th already? August 5th? Holy cow. August 5th. Yeah, Mitch will be back in studio here on uh, Saturday. So we look forward to our regularly scheduling, regularly scheduled Northern Alliance Radio Network programming, getting all geared up for the great Minnesota get-together, the Minnesota State Fair. 
that always seems to sneak up on me. By the way, I just uh, you know because just uh, when I left uh, uh, for vacation uh, Friday, I guess that would have been July twenty first. I was putting my out of office reply on my work email, and I said I'll be back on Tuesday, August first. What? I'm not going to be back at my desk until the month of August. You know, because I got something else that I got going on tomorrow, so I'm not going to be in my office tomorrow. I was like, wow, that just that just snuck up on me. That's all. What can I tell you? So anyways, I want to get to an a article by a young lady by the name of uh, Erica Anderson. Erica, I actually met about six years ago. She was in town here for Write Online, a big uh, conservative conference. Erica w- used to work for uh, National Review as well as the Heritage Foundation, and uh, she's kind of a more of a freelance uh, writer uh, at this point. And she wrote a great piece for faithwire.com, something that really resonated with me and something I really needed to hear at this point. Because again, if you listen to this program, you know, first and foremost, uh, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And that is first and foremost, my priority in life. And I may express outrage and occasionally some anger on this show over some things that are happening in our political system. But unlike some, I don't consider it to be a life and death matter because at the end of the day, you know, to kind of, I forget who, whose quote it was, but uh, none of us get out of here alive anyways. I mean, that's just how it is. We have a finite amount of time in this earth and it's literally a whiff of time compared to time and eternity. That's just, that's just a fact. And I bring this up because my wife and I, we were traveling home on Friday morning from our vacation and we were kind of scrolling through the news and the night before, so that would have been Thursday night, is when the when the uh, Republican-controlled Senate voted against the skinny repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Obviously, all 48 Democrats were going to vote no, and three Republicans ended up voting no, uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and John McCain, essentially killing the skinny repeal, which would have only repealed 2% of the text of Obamacare and basically left 98% intact. Okay, and yet we can't even do that, can't even repeal that much. And my wife and I were pretty angry, pretty outraged. And both of us kind of took a step back and said, wait a minute. You know, yeah, this this is disappointing. This isn't how a free market should operate. We'll return over one sixth of our economy to the government and allow them to have carte blanche to control it and essentially put a deeper financial burden on the lives of, of regular folks. You know, but. Is this really worth getting overwrought? Is it really worth getting that angry where you're just so outraged that if at that moment in time you had an opportunity to speak to the people responsible, i.e. Senator John McCain, would you say things that are unkind? And it's really kind of come home the past year or so as Donald Trump has become my party's nominee because Donald Trump is not someone that that I could I could get behind because he's someone who uh, you could say has to put it mildly has a difficulty with the truth making truthful statements uh, obviously the October surprise that came out where he described uh, sexual assault on a woman you know call it what you want that's how I construe it all right and how he just has rep- he has had positions in the past politically which I don't agree with you know, we never did get really get a coherent uh, uh, policy discussion on where he stands on the life issue, which the life issue is a hill I would die on. And that's why I could ever hold elected office, because, you know, I am so unabashedly pro-life that I don't know that I could be electable, maybe in some parts of, of Minnesota and certain uh, House districts or local Senate districts or whatever, but I, I could never hold elected office. And Erica Anderson wrote a great piece, again, at Faithwire, Dot com, where she talked about how I finally put Christian before conservative. And I'll read the final three paragraphs in this, because that's what really spoke to me. Uh, I'm done towing the party line. Conservatism, whatever it is, has shifted. I'm still a conservative, but more importantly, I'm a Christian. I believe our first obligation is to love and serve our neighbors, no matter what government is or isn't doing. I don't want to lazily accept the current conservative line of thinking without asking God what he thinks about it first. I also want to look at people as people, not as movement or statistics. People can be wrong, and I can still love them fully. I can be wrong without realizing it, and I just need and I need to be humble enough to recognize that too. Here's the thing. I have joyful confidence in Christ now, 
but I have healthy humility when it comes to when it comes to the personal natures of politics, issues, and policies in the lives of those around me. I can understand why lots of people I know in Indiana voted for Donald Trump. I can understand those who think Barack Obama was an amazing president. I don't agree with either of those groups, but I love the people in them. The conservative movement has forever changed, but God's love and his truth never will. As my pastor said this past Sunday, here is our calling. Love God, love others. That's it. I'm in. And amen. Amen. I couldn't, couldn't have said it much better. I, I remember a specific incident where uh, my wife and I, we, we know, uh, so we have some neighbors. We live in, we live in a decent-sized neighborhood. There's about 65, 70 houses in our, in our uh, uh, housing complex, our development. And we've gotten to know neighbor. My wife and I were like the seventh house that was built there nine years ago. And obviously, we've seen a lot of folks build houses and come to live there. And we've kind of been the unofficial greeters where we've got to meet people and get to know them. And I remember there was this one couple that we got to know a little bit at various neighborhood functions and whatnot. And very nice people. Got, had two young kids, cute little dog, would walk by our house. We'd always stop and chat with them for a few minutes. And they'd move on with their evening. And it was, it was great to talk to them. Well, I remember there was one election cycle, I think it was 2012, it could have been, where my wife and I had lawn signs of our favorite candidates on our lawn, you know, because 2012 was an election year for president. So obviously we had Mitt Romney's lawn sign. Kurt Bills was running for U.S. Senate out of Minnesota. We were going to vote yes in the marriage amendment. We were going to vote yes on voter ID. Uh, we were going to vote for Michelle Bachman for uh, uh, U.S. House. And these same neighbors walked by, and as they approached our house, they saw us in the yard, and you could tell they kind of had this look on their face like they just, I like to describe it, eaten bad squid. And all of a sudden, they were very short, very curt, only had a few words, didn't have much to say to us, and their opinion of us completely flipped based on our political views. And it's like, wait a minute, you know us. You've talked to us. Yeah, we hold certain beliefs, but they shouldn't be in a, an impingement to our friendship. And, you know, we rarely see these people a whole lot anymore, or they kind of keep to themselves the other end of the neighborhood. But it just kind of forever kind of clouded that relationship. So uh, to Erica's point, uh, love God, love others. That's it. I'm in. Couldn't agree more, even those who disagree with my uh, political viewpoint, my worldview. That's that's just got to, that's how it's got to be. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-915-9272. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now, 1-800-915-9272. Again, that's 1-800-915-9272. Mr. Scott Black from Like It Matters Radio has developed a life-changing experience called Leadership Awakening. Past attenders, when asked about Leadership Awakening, just smile, shake their head, and say, I can't explain it, but it changed my life. Mr. Black has released two half-off vouchers for his next Leadership Awakening in Minnesota, August 10th through the 12th. Leadership Awakening is regularly $2,000, but right now, you can get it for just $1,000, half price. Go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on Deals. Leadership Awakening doesn't take applicants, only commitment. You've heard of the fun police? Well, we're the opposite. The original donut shop coffee. Full flavor, deliciously straightforward coffee, best enjoyed with a smile. So good, it's criminal. Enjoy a cup and sprinkle some fun into your day. Made for your Keurig brewer. Find it at Keurig.com and grocery stores everywhere. Just look for the bright teal box with the donut. The original donut shop coffee. Have more fun. Message and data rates may apply. Dear Southern New Hampshire,
Hampshire University. Thank you for making my mommy so happy. Because of SNHU, Daddy does his homework with me. Mommy and me are going to school. We both learn a lot. Now you can get that degree you've always wanted without sacrificing precious family time. Introduce yourself to Southern New Hampshire University. Our high-quality online programs are designed for people like you, busy adult learners who want to improve their careers on their own terms. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting CAM33 to 554433. Our personalized online approach provides all the individual flexibility, support, and encouragement needed every step of the way. And because we're nonprofit, our tuition is amongst the lowest in the country. Thanks, SNHU. Great job, Mommy. Take the first step. Get degree information and see how to apply online by texting CAM33 to 554433. Southern New Hampshire University. See yourself succeed. Text CAN33 to 554433. From the Nepsis Capital Management Studio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.